Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to another edition of In a Minute in the Word. Father, we long, we long to be in your presence. Father, we long to see your face. We long to know you. Father, we love spending time with you. And we love spending time in your presence. My name is Sean Holmberg, and I am part co-host of In a Minute in the Word. I'm here in the studio with Christopher Herzog. And this week, we've been talking about our identity in Christ. And we've gone through Ephesians, and we've gone through some Philippians. And just to let you know, we don't really have a set schedule here. We sort of just go with it. We let the Holy Spirit guide us. And we're going to be reading some scriptures tonight. We'll spend some time in worship, and we'll spend some time in prayer. If at any time you need prayer, we have a chat room that's going to be open, and you can always call in to 619-638-8458, and we can pray with you online. So let's start by going before the Father. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for the grace that you have poured out in our lives, Father. Thank you that we know that our righteousness is through you. And thank you that you died on the cross so that we could have a restored relationship with the Father. Father, I ask right now in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that you would touch the hearts of every person listening to this broadcast. Father, in your name, I pray that you would heal every sickness, every infirmity in the name of Jesus. Father, that you would give the audience a spirit of joy, Father, the joy that surpasses all understanding. Lord, I pray you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, Father, that you would open the eyes of our hearts, Father. Lord, that we can know you more, Father, that we would have a better understanding of who you are, Father, and who you are in our lives, Lord, and that you would reveal to us by your Holy Spirit your desires for our lives, Father. Father, that you would reveal to us your dreams for our lives, Lord. From more than anything else, Father, we want to please you, and we want to spend time with you, and we want to be in your presence. When we left off last night, we were going through Ephesians, and we were talking about the life of Paul. And and then we were talking about the nature we have in Christ, how we were translated from a fallen kingdom, and we were translated from 
a life apart from God. And we were translated into his family and that the father adopted us. And he brought us into his family. And there's a big difference between the old nature that we used to have and the new nature. And, you know, it says in Ephesians 2.19, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. And, you know, at times we, we get saved, and some of us got saved when we were kids, and some people come to know the Lord Jesus a lot later. And, you know, our spirits are saved, and but our minds have to be renewed um, and transformed because our minds just don't start off and everything in our head just doesn't seem perfect. So the Lord has to build in us a foundation, and it starts with Jesus Christ. And then we have to learn to change our attitude and to change our mindset and to change the way we think about things and to understand the Word of God and certain scriptures where it says that there's the power of life and death in your tongue, which is means that if you speak something, there's actual power there, whether you realize it or not. And it's not all something mystical or um, spiritual. It's literally, I mean, it's a spiritual principle. Um, if you talk about being sick and say, I'm sick, I feel sick, then you can make yourself sick just because you're speaking that into existence. And so we need to think positive, and we need to speak those things that the Bible says about our lives and testify, testify of those things that God has declared over our lives, for we know those are true. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Um, in Ephesians 4.17, it says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the fertility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, which really just means that they just don't know any better. And then it says, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned in Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you may put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And we talked um, all this week about how the Father sees us as righteous, and he sees us as holy, not through anything that we can do, but through our relationship with Jesus Christ and through the blood of Jesus the Father sees us as holy, but we still need to have a relationship with him because through our relationship with him and through our relationship with reading the word of God, we our mind is transformed and our attitudes are transformed and our lives are transformed and we literally be con- become conformed into his image. And so we were talking about the nature and... Um, a couple questions I had off the top of my head today was when we're going through our identity is the first off is, you know, there's not really any classification. And I just want to apologize because um, everything I may say tonight may not be politically correct or spiritually politically correct, but I don't really care. 
because um, I'm here to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to speak the truth and love as best as I can. Um, but I hear a lot of people, and we, we all tend to do it. We, we tend to classify ourselves as, well, I'm a Baptist, or I'm a Methodist, or I'm this, or I'm this. But you know what? The truth is that we're children of God. In the end, regardless of what certain people believe about this, this, and this, it all comes down to Jesus Christ. It all comes down to the blood of Jesus. That's the cornerstone. And the whole building, the whole temple is built, resting upon that cornerstone. And so if you strip away all the extra identity and stuff that we put on our lives, and you strip away all the expectations and everything else, it comes down to the fact is who do you, who do you belong to? And the truth is we belong to Jesus. We were redeemed from death and sin. And we're, and we're named in Christ. And, you know, Paul was talking about this in 1 Corinthians 3 when he said, And I, brethren, cannot speak to you as spiritual people, but as the carnal, as the base in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there is envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers through which whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's sort of the same with um, spiritual gifts. And we have this tendency as Christians to believe that when we see someone on TV or we see a pastor or a church, that they have this super spiritual, awesome, amazing walk with the Lord that we can never obtain. And the truth is it's usually completely opposite. It's the fact that they're normal men and that they have normal lives and they have families and, you know, what they get into arguments and they have good days and they have bad days and in the end they're just people who serve Christ and you know um, Jesus said a lot of things to us he said and he made promises he said um, and these signs shall follow those who believe in my name they shall um, they shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover they will cast out demons they will speak in new tongues and and the Bible says, and I, think, I believe it's an Acts, and I could be wrong. It says, and the Holy Spirit was backing up the, the 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 words of the disciples with signs and wonders and miracles. And because you know, when it comes down to it, you don't have to have a super special, amazing relationship with God. You just have to know Him, and you have to have faith and trust Him. And you know, you don't have to have that much faith. You the the, the faith that you need to have is just enough to get up and do something. It's literally to take a step that may seem crazy at the time and just say, you know what, it might work. And say, and you, you know, you realize when you pray for someone, and I've had the honor of praying for people, and and I never feel anything super spiritual, and half the time I feel completely crazy. But I know the Bible says that if you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover, that they'll recover but I know it's not my power. It's nothing that I have in Sean's hands. I have no power in my hands. All I know is that if I'm obedient and I trust the Lord, then I've had the opportunity of praying for people and having them get better. But it was never something I did. And 
And I just, I'm saying that not to say that I've been able to do something, but to let you know that it's not me, it's anybody. Um, and I can tell you a story. Um, a long time ago, I had this uncle, and he needed some kind of surgery. I think it was a, some kind of bypass. And he was in the hospital, and they didn't think he was going to make it through the night because they couldn't stabilize all his his blood pressure and all these other things. And, you know, I'm still a young kid in Christ, and I'm having the time of my life thinking how awesome God is and everything else, which he still is. And But my mom called me to the hospital with the intent of saying goodbye to my uh, uncle. And so I went up there and... Um, and I and I need to tell you that I am not a very public person. I'm a very very shy person when it comes to talking in public and and in front of people. And even doing this radio show freaks me out a little bit. But you know, God gives us grace. And anyway, so back to the story. Um, I'm I'm in this hospital room with all my family and. Um, and my uncle's there, and he has all these tubes hooked up. And all out of the blue, my mom calls me up to pray. And she wants me to pray for my uncle. And all my sisters and brothers and everybody else um, are gathered around. And so it's a very, like, nervous situation. And, and I love my family. Um, but they're not, the on, they're not all the on-fire, go-to-church-every-time-it's-open. Um, they're just normal people who believe in God, um and that and then they have their lives and so i i went to go pray for my uncle and i'm standing there and we're sort of holding hands and i have absolutely no clue what i'm going to say it's like i'm on it's like sort of there's the pressure and it's like okay god i don't know i don't know what you can do i don't know what to pray and the only thing that came in my heart was it didn't matter because I knew in whom I had believed, and I knew the Father, and I knew the Father would never lie to me, and I knew that he had given us these promises where he said in in Isaiah, it says, by his stripes we are healed. And John, in 1 John, it talks about how we know that he hears us. And there's all these scriptures that the Bible gives us that we need to know um, to build our confidence, where it says, if any two of you are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. Or if you will ask anything in my name, it shall be done. Or if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could tell this mountain to be removed, and it would be. Well, anyway, back to the story. Um, So I just start praying, and I don't know what to pray. I've never really done this before, ever, in front of anybody. Um, It's something like this serious, life and death. And so I just start going through these scriptures that I had read over and over again. And I just started, like, declaring the word of God over this man's life. And I get done praying, and it's sort of an awkward moment, and then I just walk out. Well, one of my sister's husbands had come out, and he was a very strict um, Christian as far as the sense is that um, he had a certain denomination he followed, and they had pretty strict guidelines, and um, which it doesn't matter because they still love the Lord Jesus, and that's all that matters. But I got chastised and, like, sort of chewed out in the hospital like hallway about how we shouldn't demand things from God and we shouldn't 
like be so forceful and so bold with the things of God. And I mean, it sort of offended me a little bit, but then I sort of just blew it off and I left and went home. And my uncle who wasn't supposed to make it out of the hospital that night ended up leaving the hospital three days later. And, but it wasn't me. I am, there was nothing that happened when I touched him. It was that I just did because that's what the Bible says. It's a promise that Jesus made. And I did it, and God took the obedient act, and his Holy Spirit entered that room and healed my uncle. And, you know, people don't always get healed immediately. Sometimes people do, and I've seen people get healed immediately. And But a majority of people I've heard for, they don't get healed immediately. They get healed in, a, in this time period, which is great, because then... It, it helps me really understand that it's not me, it's the Lord Jesus. And it's him that does everything. And so I just want to encourage you, and I don't even know why we got on this um, tangent, but I want to encourage you that, you know, you're that one person. You're the one person who is in a specific situation where there's nobody else around. And you could be at a McDonald's or you could be at a gas station and you may see someone and you know, we're all sort of guilty of it, of um, we're in certain places in public and we see someone who needs a healing. They have a cast on their leg or they're in a wheelchair or whatever it is. And we say it, and we, we sort of daydream in our, in our head about how awesome it would be if we could go pray for them and that God would heal them. But then that's usually about as far as it goes. And it's, and, and I'm and I'm not saying this to say that the, to like um, say anything negative, but because we all do it, I've done it over and over again. And you know, at times we need to take that step of faith because what would happen if the Christians who are out there who know the promises of God, the Christians who serve the living God who created everything, the God who sent his own son to die for us, and the God who gave us promises that if we would just have faith in what he said. And, you know, it says in Jeremiah, call unto me, and I believe it's 33.3 or 33.1, but God said, call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. And it says later, I believe in Corinthians, it says, I has not seen nor entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And, you know, there's no difference from Paul in the Old Testament and Peter and then us. There's really no difference. Um, you know, the I mean, Paul only saw Jesus one time, and that was it. And Peter was a man who denied Jesus and then turned around, and, and Jesus knew, and Jesus said, I still love you, and he did. And but Peter turned around and had this amazing ministry. But it, but there's no difference between them and us because it's the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that dwells in our lives. It's the same Holy Spirit that calls us into salvation. It's the same Holy Spirit that does all the works. And all we have to do is have a little tiny bit of faith and be obedient. But what would happen if we actually, as a body of a believers, as the bride of Christ, as the church, um, just started trusting God and started taking him at his word. 
and just started like praying for people. How many people would get saved because of the boldness of people who trusted God? And because you know, when you go and you talk to someone about the Lord Jesus, it's not your words that convict their hearts or change their hearts. It's it's actually His Holy Spirit because it says the goodness of God leads men to repentance, and it says, and the, and the Bible says that it's the Holy Spirit that draws men's hearts to Him. And so it's not necessarily what word you use; it's the it's it's the Holy Spirit. Um, and I don't even know the verse that. I have in my head, so I'm going to look it up real fast. But I don't even know what the verse is. But what it says is, Paul was saying, I was with you. And he, or he said, my preaching was not with um, persuasive words of human wisdom, but I was with you in weakness and in fear and in trembling, but that your faith may not be in man, but in the power of God. And so you need to realize that, all, that we're doing this together with God. We're, God didn't just say, okay, go do this and then just leave us alone. No. He sent his Holy Spirit like on the day of Pentecost. And it's the same Holy Spirit that comes into the hearts and the lives of believers and those who have put their faith in Christ. And, you know, we're not weak and we're not helpless. We have the power of the Holy Spirit the who is our comforter, who is our helper, who who is our guide, and we're doing this and this is a partnership with us and him. And our job is to be obedient and his and it's his job to do everything else. And so we and it, it's sort of an it's amazing how it works because all we do is we're obedient, we pray for people, we tell people about Jesus and then we rest at that point because we know everything else that happens after that is him. Because it's his glory. And God said, I'm not going to share my glory with anybody. But this is its not even about us. It's about him. It's about Jesus. It always comes down to everything is about him. And, you know, with our identity in Christ, we need to realize that we are in him. Regardless of what we think at times, we're in Christ Jesus. You may not always feel saved, but it doesn't matter how you feel. Your feelings can be deceptive. Your feelings go up and they go down, and sometimes you have good days, and sometimes you have bad days, and you know sometimes you don't want to get up for work, and sometimes you don't want to go to church. Um, our feelings always change, but the one thing that stays constant is Jesus. Because, you know, it's, the Bible says that he is the same yesterday, and he is the same today, and he is the same tomorrow, forever. He, Jesus w- was the same the day that you gave your heart to him. And he'll be the same Jesus when we're standing before the Father in heaven. The exact same Jesus. And he doesn't change. And his words do not change. And we need to get to a place as a body of believers that we actually trust him we we say we trust him and we say we believe in him, but how much do we really do it? Because our actions would sometimes say differently. That if we really believed him, why not pray for people? Take a chance. It doesn't matter what people think on the world because the world can't possibly understand 
the love and the grace that we have in the Father until the Holy Spirit gives revelation to their heart and opens up their heart and removes the blindness because until then, I mean, there's literally a spiritual blindness that is upon the eyes of the world that they can't comprehend the things that we can sometimes barely even describe. And so they see that see us as Christians serving this foreign God, when in actuality what we know that they can't comprehend is we serve the living God. And the uncreated Father is who we serve. And, you know, the Father said that he is long-suffering, not willing that any should come should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And, you know, the Father loves every person he's ever created and every person he ever created he has a plan for. We talked about that yesterday. And, you know, I just want to emphasize that, that, you know, God's plan in our lives, when he speaks something to our lives, it doesn't change. It doesn't change from the day we're born. It doesn't change till we breathe our last and we go home. It's that he has a plan for our lives. You know, if we mess up, so what? The Bible says that a righteous man will fall seven times and seven times get back up. You know, the children, God spoke to the children of Israel and said, you know, I'm sending you to the promised land. But they probably could have walked straight there. I mean, there was probably even a sign next to the mountain that says this way to the promised land. But they were arguing and disputing and complaining about their shoes and the food and the water and the heat. And so they didn't even pay attention to the sign. And so they ended up going around this mountain and then going around it again. And all the time, if they would have just stopped and listened to the voice of the Father, they would have realized, okay, the way is this way. But, you know, it took 40 years they wandered around. And, you know, it seems like sometimes in our lives as Christians, we get so discouraged. And although we've heard the word of God, we don't take it into our heart and we don't feed off of it and we don't embrace it and we don't declare it over our lives. So when the enemy comes in and speaks things of, in words of discouragement, we listen to him more than we listen to the God of all creation. And sometimes it's that easy. Um, it's just listening to his voice. And it's usually a still small voice. You know, um, Elijah had this issue where he had just like fought against the prophets and the 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 false prophets and everything else and I mean amazing signs and wonders and the next thing you know this um, one lady says you know what I'm going to kill you and all of a sudden this man who had just witnessed the miraculous power of God starts running and he's desperate to hear God because he's like okay I made a mistake now what now what do I do? I'm scared to death. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, it says the Father led him, and the Lord still provided for him. And at this point, he's in this cave, and and he's looking for the voice of God and, and all these big things. But it said it was a still small voice that he heard the voice of God. And, you know, sometimes when there's all these things going on, we have all these doubts and all these fears, we just need to, like, quiet ourselves, which isn't easy. But we just need to, like, quiet ourselves for a second and turn our gaze and turn our focus away from the things and turn our focus onto Jesus. You know, when Peter was in a boat and he looked at Jesus on the water and he said, if it's you, command me to come. 
And Jesus said, come. And all of a sudden, he didn't think about it. He's just like, there's Jesus. And he started walking on the water. And he didn't even pay attention to the water. He's just, because his eyes were on Jesus. And the second he took his eyes away from Jesus and looked at his circumstances and he looked at what was impossible. And, you know, I don't know if there's a crisis in your life, whether you know someone who's sick and dying, even if it's some horrible disease like cancer, or maybe you need a miracle in your in your marriage, or maybe you need a miracle at work. But, you know, it doesn't matter because... God said exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. And all we have to do is take our eyes off of those situations. Because when Peter started looking at his situation, he started to sink. And he started to cry out. But you know what? Jesus was still there. And Jesus still reached out his hand and grabbed him. And we just need to take our eyes off of our situations, take our eyes off the bills, take our eyes off the sicknesses, take our eyes off the things of this world and turn our eyes to him. Because, you know, all these things, you know, they're real. And and I'm not saying to say they don't exist because they're real. But, you know, God said that my strength, my grace is sufficient and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And we have the grace of God in our lives, and he will give you grace to make it through. And so when you need an answer and you don't understand and you don't know where to turn next, stop looking for the answers and stop trying to figure it out in your head and just take a moment and turn your eyes back to Jesus and just look at him and realize that everything in our lives is because of him. He left heaven and came down to earth and and took the form of a man so that he could die on the cross and take the sins of the entire world, of every person who had ever been born and every person who would ever be born. And he took all those sins upon himself because he loved us. Because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And, you know, that's where the story starts and finishes, right there with Jesus. That no matter what we're going through, there's always him. Always that love of the Father that that is unceasing unending love that he has for us and so regardless of what you're going through just take some time and turn your turn your eyes to Jesus and you know at times when you think that you can't go on and you feel like you want to give up. Just remember that he said that his hand isn't shortened and he can do it. Just trust him. Give him a chance to prove what he said. And so I'm going to take a minute and I'm going to put on um, a worship song by Jason Upton. 
and then we will be back in just a few minutes.
Welcome back to Intimacy in the Word. Um, over the break, I was going through some minutes and realized I'm not going to get to half of what I wanted to talk about, but that's okay. Um, so I'm glad I gave you all notice beforehand that we don't go by schedules too much here. Um, but I wanted to read a little bit from Romans, and Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to skip around a little bit. But it says in Romans chapter 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Period. So whatever lies the enemy has told you, Disregard him. Because the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you go down to verse 18, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in this. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And I'm going to interject something here, if that's okay. Um, I, I, I watch the news a lot, and, um, and this is going to probably go into one of those not necessarily um, politically correct statements. And that the Pope recently um, has been writing some books, and he went through this whole thing today about saying, well, it really wasn't the Jews responsible for killing Jesus. And for the last however many, for this last century or whatever, there's always been these big arguments about who was responsible. Was it the Romans? Was it the Jewish people? You know, it wasn't any of them because they had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I mean, there may have been some Jewish people there and there may have been some Roman people there, but it was completely out of their hands. Because Jesus said, for this purpose I have come forth. And, you know, if you want to know who put Jesus on that cross, it was God and him alone. And he took pleasure in putting Jesus on the cross because of the outcome of Jesus being on the cross was the salvation of the world. Jesus said that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right and then sat down at the right hand of God. You know, Jesus said, in the, I believe it was in the garden, he said, don't you think that I could call however many legions of angels right now? You see, he knew every step of the way what the Father had planned because he spent time with the Lord and he knew. And it was worth it. And if he was at those moments before the cross, And there was only one person on this planet 
in the span of human history, from the time of Adam till the last moment when Jesus comes back, if in all those millions and trillions of people there was one, he would have still done what he did. He would have still come and took the form of a human and died on the cross for that one person since. So, wherever you are, whether you're in the United States or whether you're in China or Japan or Africa or Europe or Australia or Canada, realize that God loves you. And that's the most important thing that I could ever say to you. If I say nothing else, then I could end it with that, that God loves you more than you could possibly comprehend. It says in verse 28 of Romans 8, it says, And we know that all things work together for good good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. And it says in verse 31, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall this tell tribulation or distress or persecution or famine? or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long, and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, in all the things of our lives, it says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Period. You belong to him. And he delights over you. As a father delights over their children, the father delights over you. And so we're going to go into another few minutes of worship. And then we're going to begin to get ready to start an hour of prayer. So I encourage you, if you need prayer for anything, just give us a call, 619-638-8458. 
Well, we are back with Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and we're coming up on the 10 o'clock hour. And tonight we are listening to Sean Holmberg teaching and sharing his heart as he took us through Romans and Corinthians and a few other verses in the Gospels, just sharing his heart concerning intimacy with the Lord, concerning our identity with God. And so we just thank you, Lord, for your word, Father. And Lord, as we go into a time of prayer, we just pray for every caller, every listener tonight that is listening to the broadcast. We just pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would go out across the airwaves, around the globe, that you would open up the hearts of men and women tonight, Father, to receive your truth, to receive your word, Lord. And, Father, we thank you that we have an identity with you. We thank you that we have an identity with you, Lord God, and that we don't have to have an identity crisis any longer. But that, Father, you are presenting opportunities for people to know the living God, for people to know you as Heavenly Father, as Savior and Lord, to know you in a real and living way. So, Father, we pray right now for your kingdom to come and your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. What's going on in heaven, Lord? We just pray we would experience the life of God and experience the richness 
and the goodness that you have for us, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that What's in heaven is coming to the earth, that you're bombarding bombarding the earth, invading the earth with with glory, with your presence, with your purpose, that you're bringing forth your kingdom agenda in the hearts and the minds of men and women. Father, right now we just pray for those that are listening to this broadcast. We pray, Lord, that you would begin to align them, Father, with your plan and your purpose for their lives. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would give them eyes to see, Lord, the hope and the future that you have for them. That, Lord, you would lift them up out of their despair and their heaviness, Lord, and that you would bring a peace which passes all understanding, Lord, that you would bring peace to their situation, Lord, that even though they have conflict around them, Lord, I pray that you would cause the conflict on the inside, to cease and to settle. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is moving throughout the earth, that your Holy Spirit is going forth, that you are brooding over the hearts, brooding over the lives of men and women, that, Lord, you are transforming the hearts, that you are changing people from the inside out. Lord, that you are turning hearts, Lord. The Bible says that no one can come to you, Father, unless the Spirit draw him. And we thank you that you're drawing hearts tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, that those that are depressed, that are oppressed, those are, that are heavy, they're beaten down, they feel defeated. Right now, Father, I thank you that you are declaring hope and a future in their lives, that you're declaring victory over their lives. And those that need a lifting up, Father, we lift them up to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, Holy Spirit, shower them with your presence. Cover them with your goodness. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Father, for your goodness. And, Father, I just pray, Lord God, that you would open up the ears. That you would open up the ears of every person and that they would have a capacity to hear the sound of your voice, to hear you and to know you, Lord. Father, I thank you that you're speaking, that you're speaking to people right now, that you're speaking to hearts, that you're calling, calling out to your people to come to pray for open ears. You said, my sheep hear my voice, and we thank you, Lord, that you're working. Lord, we pray for marriages to be restored, strengthened. We pray, Lord God, for those that are seeking Lord God, relationships, Father, the wisdom of God over their lives, that they would be led by your Spirit in every friendship, every relationship. Father, right now we pray, Lord God, for those with children, Lord, for every household, Lord, that you would turn the hearts of the parents back to the children, and the hearts of the children. 
back to their parents. And Father, we thank you for unity coming into the homes. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are the God of miracles, that you're living and breathing and actively touching people. So right now we speak to every person that's struggling in their minds, maybe they're going through emotional, mental, uh, just different issues. Right now, Father, we just speak, Lord God, to their minds, and we just pray, Father, for you to bring all confusion and all chaos to a stillness and a peace. And we thank you, Lord, that you're bringing a stillness, a quietness, and a focus over the minds of your people. You said we have the mind of Christ that every vain imagination is cast down, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. We take authority over it right now. Father, we speak, Lord God, to everyone listening tonight that needs a gift of faith. We pray that you would just ignite faith in the hearts of your people as they've heard the word and as we continue in your word, that that word of God, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we pray that faith would be built up in the hearts of your people tonight. We pray for all fear and all doubt, all reasoning to fall by the wayside. Lord, we would be a people your people listening tonight, those that are coming into the kingdom would be a people that are led by your spirit. Father, we thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Father, I pray, Lord, you said your love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, because, Father, you are love, and, and those that are born of you must love. So we're to speak truth in love, and Father, faith can't even work without love. So we know that's the greatest gift, Lord. We know that's the greatest thing. You said that the greatest commandment, Father, was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we just pray right now that you would just seal that in the hearts of your people and we just give you praise, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We just thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit tonight. And we just ask, Lord, that you would come in. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go into a time of worship. Just allow the Holy Spirit to soak in your heart and prepare you. And then we're going to go into a time of the Word. My name is Chris Herzog. This is Prayer International Radio. It is 10.05, March 2nd, 2011. And we pray blessings upon you. This night. Like you're not in 
Well, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. And you can call in, uh, just to give you the call in number, 619-638-8458. And tonight, as I mentioned earlier, we've been really kind of on the theme actually the last few days, last few nights. We've been on the subject and on the theme of our identity. Who we are, who is God, where are we headed, or where are we going, rather. What does he want us to do? What are we here for? What's the plan? What's the purpose? Now, I guess for a lot of us that have been in a spiritual journey or been in a spiritual pursuit for a long time, um, whether you want to call it being a believer or reborn, being a Christian, saved, whatever, um, but you have a relationship with Jesus, you have an intimate or you're pursuing an intimate encounter or experience with God, of course, based on faith. And I will add, you know, our pursuit in God has got to be a walk of faith. The Bible says it's not by works, lest any man should boast, but salvation, eternal life, intimate relationship with the Father, comes by grace. It's a gift. Not anything we can work out. Not anything we can earn. But... Jesus shed his blood for our sins and made a way for us into the presence of God, into the kingdom of God, into the things of the Spirit. You see, the kingdom of God is spiritually perceived. As we said last night, probably you'll hear this many times, But God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The Father seeks such to worship him, and what he's seeking are men and women who will follow after his spirit, follow after his heart, follow after his mind, his plan. That's what God's looking for, those that will worship him. The Bible says he sought for a man to stand in the gap. He's looking for those that will pray, those that will reach out to him. And, you know, that's how we grow in our relationship. That's how we experience God That's how we experience his goodness for us is by pursuing him. Pursuing his presence, pursuing his word, pursuing his character, his nature, his ways. You know, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. And what I've found to be true in my life is when I begin to pursue and begin to seek out the system, the ways, the, the way that the world does it, the, the way everybody else is doing it, or I go after a lot of trivial things that I think are important. A lot of times I 
fall short or I find myself kind of at a standstill in life where things just don't go right. Things just don't seem to be going in the direction that I wish they were. Um, They may start out okay for a while, but then at some point it seems like the brakes just kind of get slammed on. And what I found to be true is when most of the time that seems to happen, those are the seasons in my life where I drew back or I wasn't listening or I did not hear the word of the Lord or his instruction for my season. I didn't hear his word for that situation in my life. Maybe because I wasn't pursuing it. Maybe because I was not listening to mentors and wise counsel. Or maybe because I did hear the word and I just ignored it and thought my way was better. And so, you know, I know there's probably some of you out there that think, you know, this is kind of basic, you know, foundational stuff that we're talking about here. But let me just say this. The Bible says, without a foundation, uh, what can the righteous do? You know, the Word says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And that knowledge is an intimate knowledge of God. But it's also an understanding, a transforming, a conforming of the mind and the will and the emotions to the things of God. What we kind of call consecration, I guess. Um, Some people would term it that, or sanctification. But the giving of yourself wholly unto God, the breaking of your will and the breaking of your flesh, and the, you know, Paul said he buffets himself. He puts his flesh under subjection. You know, he would beat the flesh, so to speak. In other words, he would get to a place in his life where he was dead to his thoughts and his desires and and his plans. And he was alive unto God under the purposes of God. He was eagerly pursuing the presence of God. He was eagerly pursuing the things of God, the the things in the Word of God. You know, of course, back then, all they had was the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. that, That was the scripts that Jesus and the apostles, the disciples, even those that were in the book of Acts and the accounts of Paul later, um, they didn't have the New Testament. They they would get letters and different things. Of course, a lot of these things were canonized later. But what they had to go by was the Old Testament, and what the Holy Spirit was conveying to their hearts as he would breathe and move upon their hearts and take that word, take that Old Testament word and make it alive and apply it to them in the now and show them that what was a shadow and a type, what was a setup for what was coming, they had now experience so why am I saying that you know Jesus said you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life but it's me 
that they're pointing to. It's me that you're looking for. The scriptures talk about me. The Old Testament. From Genesis all the way to Malachi. You see Christ in every book in the Bible. They all point to the Messiah. They all point to the King of Kings. They all point to everything from the virgin birth to the crucifixion. Accounts that were declared two, four thousand years, six thousand years before they ever took place. And even accounts that were declared that have not took place yet but will because God is not a man that he should lie. And if he says he'll do it, he'll do it. Why am I saying all this? If you're going to have a strong identity, if you're going to understand who you are, then you've got to get into a place and into a position, into a mindset where you understand what God says about you, what his thoughts, what his opinions, what his mindset, what his feelings are concerning you, concerning your brain, concerning your family, concerning your destiny and, and what you have going on in your life. How do we do that? Well, I said earlier, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith, belief in God, trusting God comes by hearing and experiencing the truth of his word. Just like in any relationship that you have, as you grow in it and have conversation, and things are exchanged in conversation, ideas, ideologies, Philosophies, thoughts, feelings, emotions, different uh, plans. All these things are exchanged between people. And as these things are experienced, and as we experience each other's words becoming real and tangible and manifested in our lives, and they become not just words anymore, but they become experiences and encounters in our lives, then there's trust and there's different things built between those parties, those relationships, those friendships. Well, in the same way, God wants exchange in conversation. He wants exchange in experience. He wants exchange in encounter with him, with his voice, with his word, and with others involved in the plan of God so that it would build a relationship, develop trust, develop belief, develop faith. You can begin to experience and encounter those things that God has declared to you. Well, what does that have to do with the Bible? Well, Jesus said the Holy Spirit would bring all things to remembrance, what he commanded. And he said he didn't come to break the law or abolish the law, but he came to fulfill it. And and that with that being said, that means everything that God said and declared in his word from Genesis to Malachi still stands. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not a man that he changes his mind and his opinion. He never changed the plan. It says that Christ was slain before the foundations of the world. So the whole time the law was instituted, the whole time God was laying down the law, it was all about Christ. It was all the point to Christ. It was all part of the plan. 
And when Christ came as the fulfillment of the law, the fulfillment, the one who carried it out, the one who manifested it in the flesh, the one who exemplified it and, and modeled it, the one who was our example of how to do it. And he said, just as you see me, just what you see I'm doing, what you see me saying and doing and praying, do likewise. Freely receive, freely give. Imitate me, he says. So how do we do this? Well, we need to have the right image. We need to have the right self-image, the right portrait, the right view, the right beliefs the right perspective of ourselves and in like manner uh, of God and of people. And we need to understand God's divine order in our lives and in the world so that we have a frame of reference and a position to build from, a foundation in our lives to continue on. And so with that being said, we need to understand the Word of God It's in two parts. You know, it explains the person of Jesus. It also explains the principles of Jesus. The person of Jesus, He was here for your future, for your eternity. Jesus was sent for you to have eternal life and to give you an example of how to be and what was coming. Um, So the Word of God explains and reveals the person of Jesus, but it also reveals the principle of Jesus, the principles of God, the laws, the, the instructions of God. That prepares you for your earth. That prepares you for the now. That prepares you for the things that you're going to encounter and experience now, uh, what you do with it. Choose you this day who you will serve. Why am I bringing that up? I think a lot of times we forget exactly uh, what the Word of God is declaring to us. I think a lot of times we look for the person of Jesus, but we don't want the principles of God. And I think I brought this out earlier last time a little bit, but, you know, there are people in the earth that that don't even know Jesus. There's people today that don't even know God. They don't know who he is. But the business principle and the life principle and the ways that they live their lives, the action of their lives, actually in a lot of ways might line up with the principles that are in the Word of God. And in return, they become successful. You see success in those people's lives. And a lot of times, you know, we see certain people experiencing blessings and experiencing this life of God. And we wonder, well, how come they're so blessed? How come everything's going right in their lives? And I believe that the reason being is there's a lot of people that choose to follow God's way. 
and not just name the name of Christ, but they actually obey and, and do what he says. They're not just hearers only, but they're doers of the word. And then there's those that just hear, and they never follow through with what they hear. Therefore, they don't see the same blessings. They don't see the same experiences. They don't see God intervening in their life, or the favor of God, or the anointing blessing of God on their life, like others. God's good. So with that being said, uh, let's kind of shift gears. If uh, you want to call in, our number is 619-638-8458. My name is Chris Herzog. This is Prayer International Radio. You can email us at www.prayerinternational.org. We've got a contact page there where you'll see field box to write us, email address, and our email address is actually prayerinternational at gmail.com. You'll find that on the website, even on our blog radio page. And again, we're Blog Talk Radio, Prayer International. So we are going into a time of worship. And we just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing tonight. We thank you for your word. We ask you to anoint your word with signs following and touch the hearts of everybody listening tonight. We just thank you, Lord.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.